It would seem that the road to addiction, especially to something like pornography, begins with just a small bit of curiosity. But as the addiction grows, it's going to do damage to your relationship. Now, if you or a couple you know is facing this now, you're going to find a lot of help today in the conversation. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead our marriage department here, and we're going to hear now from Rosie McKinney. Um, She had discussed on a previous episode how she had to confront her husband, Mark. And uh, let's go ahead and hear now from Jim Daly. Rosie, I'm thinking of that first, you know, I'm sure that wife has that inclination, that fifth, sixth sense that something's not right, or it's blatantly obvious. Like in your case, you knew it because you had experienced that before. Many women, I would think, then begin to go over their options in their own mind, in their own heart. Uh, Is this marriage worth it? Uh, You know, has he violated the marriage vow? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are valid questions. Mm -hmm. People may have different theological uh, understandings of what they're able to do, but speak to that immediate response and what you went through personally as part of your restorative approach. Okay. Part of the problem of being the spouse or the partner of someone who is addicted to pornography is that you are second guessing yourself all the time because you hear it in the world. Pornography is healthy for relationships. It's beneficial. um, It's empowering and liberating for women. Um, And then you maybe go to the church and they say, well, you can help him with his temptations if you make yourself more sexually available. Um, Even though your heart's going, it doesn't feel right. I don't want to do that. I certainly don't want to do the things that he wants me to do. Or... Actually, he's been neglecting me for months. That can't be the issue. You're so confused and you look at your options. So is one option, it's like, well, I'm going to compete with the pornography. I am going to um, be, I'm going to fulfill all his sexual fantasies. I'm going to be available. Um, Or you might go, okay, I'm going to be totally graceful about this whole thing. And I understand uh, that, you know, this is a ubiquitous temptation and that everybody does it. And I'm going to be, um, I'm just going to, you know, forgive him. And I'm going to dig into that. And I'm going to just rely on my faith. And this is hard. And that suffering is part of being a Christian. And that I've just got to put up with it. Almost like accepting it all. Yeah. But that's not the healthy way to go. No. Or the other way is I just need to get over myself. I need to get over myself and then I'll be able to feel close to him. But here's the thing. You're never going to be okay with pornography, A, because it's demonic, and B, because the Holy Spirit is never going to let you be okay with that being brought into your relationship. The idea is not to just accommodate it, it's to get it out of your marriage. Well, and I would think the third option is to not excuse the porn user, your your husband in, in the way that we're describing it today. And again, next time we'll talk about yeah. women who are using porn as well. So don't don't write us, it's only one-sided, yeah. we get it. Yeah. But in that context, I want you to drill into that in these last moments that okay. we have. The, the idea that, you know, again, don't be overwhelmed by the justification of its yeah. use. Stand firm in what you feel the Lord saying to your heart. Exactly. But that takes a lot of strength. It takes a tremendous amount of strength. And you did it. So what were those things that you did right here at the end that really got you and Mark? Well, I didn't do it perfectly. I would advocate that women take a firm stance of zero tolerance through education and support. You know, join a group. Okay, so we talked about husbands who won't get into recovery. That's okay. The answer is not to stay in a, a horribly 
deteriorating relationship, one that's going to stay stagnant and intimately void, or leave, there is option C. If you won't get help, you get help. Your betrayal trauma is real. You get help. You get strengthened. You learn how to set boundaries. And the scripture is clear that to help a husband who's being disobedient to the word is you submit to the word. You keep Mm -hmm. yourself pure. And then he will be put in a place of reverential fear by your pure behavior. It's how we get convicted. You know, my wife is making it pretty obvious that she's not clear with this. And that conviction starts turning and turning and turning. She's putting her boundaries. She's serious. He needs to see that, but you can't fake it. So you have to edify yourself. You have to educate yourself. You have to surround yourself with women who have fought and succeeded. And let me just um, end with this. You're not fighting for the marriage that you had minus the pornography. You're fighting for something new, something beyond your greatest expectations because pornography is not the problem. Pornography is the solution to an intimacy disorder. Hmm. So that's what you're fighting for. You're not fighting to just get rid of this pornography. You're fighting for this new level of vulnerability, honesty, authenticity that you've never had before. And that's exciting. Aaron, this is something a lot of our listeners are struggling with. Rosie is a big advocate for wives to kind of, you know, set the boundary, put the foot down. How can a wife demonstrate grace in a moment when her husband says, well, I've got a problem, but it's not that big of a deal? Mm. And I'm telling you, it's crazy. I just had this conversation yesterday with some parents and they're dealing with this exact situation with their young daughter Mm. who is married. And you know, it is, it's so important to recognize if your spouse is struggling with pornography, with another addiction, to recognize that this does not define who they are. It's something they're struggling with. But I agree, it's not something to be tolerated because it's easy to want to sweep it under the rug, act like it's not there. It's going to continue to manifest issues in the relationship as well as in the spouse's individual heart. So first and foremost, you know, it's having grace for them, but also sharing with this is how this is impacting me. I feel betrayed. I Mm. feel devalued. I feel insecure, not good enough, whatever it is, how it's impacting you. But then, you know, dialogue, be curious about what is going on right now in your life that this is leading you to this, the use of pornography or the use of whatever addiction the individual is, is going through. It's important to be curious about what's really going on here in seeking to understand what is going on within your spouse's life and heart, because it's easy to want to be critical and judgmental and, you know, really seek to understand what is going on. However, it's also, I'm not saying tolerate poor behavior, set the boundaries that help you to feel safe, lay out the expectations of this is what's going to help me heal as well as the other individual you know, getting help. What does that look like? Is it accountability from a men's group? Because you absolutely don't want to step into being their accountability partner. And I think too, that the the question was, how does she show her husband grace um, once he, once he confesses? And so for me, what's, you know, I think about Aaron and I've, by the way, had this very conversation. And so as as I shared with Aaron some of my own struggles and challenges around pornography, I think, John, honestly, I think the right expectation is grace probably 
isn't the right expectation in, in that initial conversation because you, you, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're realizing something's been going on that you didn't know about. Maybe you suspected. Maybe he said that I haven't been doing this, so maybe mm. there's been secrecy. The, even, even if you didn't know anything was going on as you're taking all this in, it's easy for her to go to a place of, well, what does that say about me? Like what what's wrong with me that you have to be looking at that? Hmm. The the point is is that in that initial conversation, be realistic about as you're taking all this in, you don't have to then have a 30, 40 minute hour long, two hour long conversation. That's probably not to anybody's benefit. But I think maybe Grace in that moment is just going, Okay, let me hear what you're saying, but then let's let me call a timeout here. And let me just go spend some time with the Lord. Let me process what I just heard. Because there are some people that are external processors, and the temptation is I've just heard my husband confess. Now I got all these questions. Yeah. Now I want to know this and that. And what have you else have you been doing? And how could you do that to me? Versus part of protecting that conversation is to realize that that we can have many conversations about this, but I need to go off and spend some time and reflect, go to the Lord, pray about this, find out what is now being triggered or stirred up in me. Maybe I'm feeling betrayed. Maybe I'm feeling not good enough. Maybe I'm feeling um, lied to. What else is going on? And that can be really healthy to go off and kind of get some perspective yeah. and say, you know what, let's let's talk about this tomorrow. Thank you for sharing. But I just I need to do mm. some processing of this alone first so that we could have a better conversation. I think that's where grace is most likely going to be used in Mm -hmm. that sense. And I say absolutely bring someone else into the conversation, a counselor, a licensed Christian counselor that can sit with you and help you navigate this conversation with your spouse because it can have the propensity to be a heated one. And you can call focus on the family. Um, We have licensed Christian counselors here that you call and let them know you need help, and they'll call you back and at least help you get on the pathway towards healing. That's really a good point, Aaron. And uh, let me give that phone number. If if you can, jot it down or just uh, hit the show notes. You'll find the link there. 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. And um, you should get a copy of Rosie McKinney's book. This is something that if not you, someone you know will benefit from Rosie's book called Fight for Love, which deals with her own journey in her marriage. Uh, We're making that book available for a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. Uh, Donate. We'll send the book to you. Details are in the show notes. You'll hear more from Rosie on this topic next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. 